Hi, my name is Pete Scazzaro. I want to welcome you today to the Emotionally Healthy Leader podcast. And our topic today is detachment, how God births new things in and through you. Uh, detachment, how God births new things in and through you. And I'm going to call this a part one because there's so much I'd love to say. I know I'm not going to get it all in today, so there'll be a part two next week. During this pandemic, a number of biblical themes that are important that are important for us uh, and our leadership have emerged, uh, at least for me, uh, and I think for many others as well. Things like uh, the dark night of the soul and processing grief and loss and rhythms. And last week, for example, I talked about seasons. Uh, to everything, there's a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. And so even in my own time with God, uh, these themes just keep coming up repeatedly. I, uh, just embracing seasons, for example, from last week. And uh, this word detachment is another one. I think it's a very key biblical theme and especially important during the pandemic. And detachment is referring to letting go and surrender. And I, it's an important word And uh, because we have a lot of detachment to do, uh, especially regarding our plans. And so this is such a large uh, word, such a large theme, detachment, and then God birthing new things in and through us. Uh, that again, let me just before I launch into this, let me encourage you to uh, get the larger material of uh, this new uh, discipleship system that's much larger, I would call much broader biblically, and go to emotionallyhealthy.org slash lead and uh, take a good look at the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship course. Get trained, get that kit, get just get immersed in that. Let me encourage you because it, it provides a much larger framework of discipleship. Uh, that I could ever do on a podcast. And our vision uh, is that people like yourself will bring this kind of thing, not just for your own life, but to your ministry, your church, those you influence, so that we can get equipped uh, to bring Jesus and his glory uh, to the world in the 21st century. So with that, let's dive right into this theme of detachment very specifically. So let me give you a couple of texts that bring it out for us quite well, uh, where Jesus says uh, in the Gospels, Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. So again, we lose our lives, then we actually find it. We detach and we get birthing. Uh, The story of the rich young ruler. And uh, again, Jesus says to that rich young ruler, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come following me. So the invitation is detach, uh, let it go. All of your wealth, your position, your title, uh, your security. Uh, he doesn't invite him to give a large gift financially to some cause. He invites him to detach from all of it. And then, he, of course, you know the story. He goes away sad because he had such great wealth. And then Jesus uh, tells the disciples that it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. To detach from riches when you have it is that difficult. It's almost impossible. And then Jesus says, it's true. With human beings, this is near. This is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So it really does take God to detach. And another great story of detachment is uh, where a disciple comes to Jesus. It says, another disciple comes to Jesus, Matthew 8. It says, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. I mean, even detaching from something like that, uh, my goodness, that should cause you to shake your head. So the, the question is, what are we missing when we're, when we're too attached to something? We're overattached, when we skim over detachment. 
So, so here's a great example is what we're living in right now. I mean, you, like me, we, we had plans. I, I've had plans to uh, for the ministry and for the church, and it, you're attached to them. You, of course, you want to see them happen. You're working to them. I, I was as well. And then all of a sudden, pandemic hits, you know, COVID-19, here we are, shelter in place. Uh, our, the whole world's been turned upside down. And we're, we get angry because we are we have to detach from our plan uh, and our timetable. I mean, I, I talked to a, a number of pastors and leaders who the struggle of no, not meeting on Sundays uh, or weekend services and preaching to an empty audience, empty room. And so the detaching from applause or detaching from validation or detaching from people at least nodding their heads, uh, now preaching to a camera, uh, just the detachment of, you know, for me, I, a weekly fellowship, touch at church, uh, that, that rhythm uh, is a detachment. I mean, I think for for everyone, or almost everyone, has really experienced a, a, a money all of a sudden be declining. Uh, as you know, many have lost their jobs, but that's a detachment of, of security, uh, financially, even a sense of the future, the uncertainty of the future, a loss of control is a detachment. I, I, it was an excellent article I read the other day about these people living here in New York City where someone said, it's a strange feeling, a singularly strange feeling to desperately miss the place you are. It's a, a strange feeling to desperately miss the place you are. So you can be living in your town, your city, your community, uh, and yet you can't enjoy it uh, because you're inside the house. And uh, that is a detachment. That is, a again, a loss. And I think all the routines, detaching from my... I used to love getting up, going you know, going out, maybe getting a cup of tea or ta- coffee. Again, meeting with friends, vacation plans, again, detaching from that. Uh, and then just even having a, a sense of the future. Not that we ever control the future, but uh, there's so much we don't know about this virus and what the future is going to hold or, and so there's a detaching on a level that's really unusual for, for so many of us of loss of control. Uh, and it, it, it can you can become quite unhappy, discontent, sad uh, in the disappointments. But let me encourage you. There, uh, there is very much, I believe, an invitation from God for you and for me in our unhappiness. Uh, and it's an invitation to detach so that God can birth some new things in and through us. So... I have been reading for quite some time the works of Meister Eckhart. And if you talk about detachment, I don't know if there's anyone in church history who has written more eloquently, thoroughly, uh, and powerfully on the topic of detachment uh, than Meister Eckhart. He was a Dominican uh, theologian, priest, scholar in the 1200s in Germany. And uh, he's very difficult to read. Uh, I've read many of his sermons, and it's a slow read. And uh, but in the last couple of months, in particular, I've read a lot, and and uh, around this word of detachment, because I realized there was an invitation from God for me to detach. And uh, so my comments today, a lot are going to come from him, uh, then through my own words and readings of some books about him as well, and about his work on detachment and birthing. But the, the theme really of this podcast is an invitation to respond for all of us to surrender. Uh, and around, I, mean, I want to use the word detachment. And I've taken many notes. I have pages of notes just personally in my journal. And uh, so, anyway, let's just dive into it. And, and so, because the, the key word for Eckhart is how do we enter into loving union with God? Uh, 
Uh, how do we share the life of God? How do we uh, be one with God? Which is the goal of all of life is loving union with God. You know, we're, when we come to Christ, we get married to him, and when we see him face to face, we'll be fully married to him. Uh, and you know, one of his favorite verses, and one of mine as well, is John 17, where Jesus prays. He goes, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us that the world might know. Uh, you, you know, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. And so the question, how do I be in Jesus? How do I be in in, in God? And uh, that's the great question. And and his point is that if we're going to be uh, in loving union with the Father, we've got to be emptied. We've got to detach from what's in us so we can be filled with him. And so this key word is detachment. So we think of detachment as, you know, something cold. When I work with, with you know, especially financial people, CPA types, uh, even lawyers, you know, in contracts. It's kind of, I think of detachment as a cold quality, cold virtue. I mean, I don't want to be around detached people. I think of loving people. I don't think of detached people. But when Eckhart uses the word detachment, he's talking about something very, very different. Uh, in fact, for him to be prayerful is to be detached. Uh, and uh, so let me come at this word detachment from a variety of angles here. Uh, and uh, see if you can, something clicks with you. And because it's a very profound concept, the, 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 the concept is to be empty, if I can put it in one phrase, and I love the way he phrases it here. He says, to be empty of all things is to be full of God, and to be full of created things is to be empty of God. I'll, I'll say it again. To be empty of created things is to be full of God, and to be full of created things is to be empty of God. So again, for him to be prayerful actually is to be detached. The word means cutting off or, or cutting away, detachment. It means I, I don't want anything. I don't. I recognize I don't know anything except for God. I, I don't have anything except for God. And so in other words, I, I relinquish all possessiveness and any form of attachment. Uh, in other words, I, my, my self-will that wants to grasp or cling to something, I'm, I'm letting that go. Uh, because I, I want, it's God I want. And um, and God calls us to a love that is pure and so detached that it wants, it, it doesn't want anything for itself. It wants God and all of his goodness. And so it's really a loving detachment uh, that's at the heart of the Christian life. And uh, But we get so attached to all kinds of things, even to get attached to, to the way we lead. We get attached to our enjoyment of God. And really very similar to John of the Cross in the 1500s writing about that, that, that we sometimes get into spiritual practices like fasting or prayer meetings or, you know, the way we reading scripture or uh, even silence, right? And, and, but we do it, we get an adrenaline rush, we feel great about it, but we actually, uh, uh, we've not detached from things around us. We're just kind of using those things to kind of, for ourselves, for great feelings. And so I, I've really not detached from anything. I've actually used these spiritual exercises for my for myself, and uh, so that's why we're not to get attached to anything, even our enjoyment of God. And so, because it's 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 total surrender to the God constantly that I'm involved, that I'm, I'm engaged in. As one, as one writer said, until I try to let go of self and surrender to God in every moment of every day, my true life has not really started. In other words, this issue of surrendering to God and letting go of things I'm holding on to is really the core of the Christian life. I mean, it's something we don't do once. It, it is the Christian life. We, we surrender our will to his will. Uh, here's another way to come at detachment. It, it's, it's, 
it's it's abiding in what's happening right now in the present moment. While abiding this, we're in the middle of a pandemic. The world's in an upheaval, uh, and um, and with an openness to whatever is unfolding in your life. So here it is: you're leading, you've got responsibilities, uh, but something's happening right now around you and to you, uh, and you're just like, okay, you're abiding in God in this thing, and 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 you, I mean, you're trusting that God's want wants to birth something in your soul. That's the point. There's a, there's a birthing that God wants to do in and through you. One of the great themes, not just of Eckhart, but so many writers through history is, yes, we celebrate the birth of Jesus in the world. Of course, God came in human flesh in Jesus. But, and, but God is constantly birthing himself in and through us as well. He's got a plan and purpose for us, and there's a birthing of Jesus in and through us to the world that's meant to happen. But that can't happen unless I allow myself to be emptied or detached. And so in detachment, I'm, I'm open to life as it's coming to me, whether it's, you know, there's, there's deaths of people, there's, there's setbacks, there's, uh, there's all kinds of experiences. Not all of them are necessarily pleasant, but I don't, I don't cling to any of them. I, I don't refuse any of them. I, I accept them, that God is somehow doing something in his sovereignty, and, and I don't let myself get defined by circumstances or history or even feelings. Because what matters to me is the reality of God birthing in and through me. And uh, he's going to choose how that's going to happen uh, every moment of every day. And, and so I'm actually releasing all my efforts to even be detached. In other words, even, uh, how, do, how does this detachment thing work? I mean, uh, uh, you know, how do I know I've actually achieved it? And so I got, I got to relinquish that as well. In other words, I'm holding on to God alone. Uh, I mean... Talk about spiritual leadership, uh, that what we offer to the people around us more than anything is that we're holding on to God in a confidence that God is birthing something in and through us. And I may not understand what's happening. Uh, I don't have a plan. I can't strategize myself out of this thing, but I'm open to what he has for us. So, uh, so yes, I've got plans, and, I, and I'll talk about that in just a moment here. You've got plans, you've got visions, you've got some strategies, but you come at it very differently, uh, very differently. I like to call it, it's like a detached activism. In other words, you're not holding on to this outcome has to happen. You're, like, you're, you're working towards it, and, but you're not, uh, it's not consuming you. Uh, it's, not, it, it's not an idol for you by any means. Uh, it's something you're moving towards, but you, you always have an open hand of emptiness before God and emptying so he can fill you. In fact, in one of his sermons, Eckhart talks about the obstacles that most prevent us from getting to true attachment. And the first one is, is, is we're too scattered, he says, or, you know, we're, we're distracted by so many things going on in the world. So we don't, we don't, there's not even space for us to get emptied. Or we're so involved in transient things that are changeable and passing. We don't, you know, we don't get anchored enough. And or thirdly, he says, we're, we're so focused on our own bodily needs that uh, we're missing or forgetting the place of loving union, oneness with God, which is the goal of all of life is, is to, you know, we're married to him, we'll be one with him. The whole book of Revelation ends with loving union with God, that he is our life abiding, being in him, him in us. In other words, a detached person in a healthy way, biblical way, wants no experience. What we're look, we, we're actually we're asking for nothing other than that we might have a place only for God, that in which God can work. At one point, Eckhart has a statement about prayer, and I'll, I'll just 
read it to you because it's, it's so profound. He goes, they should never pray for any transitory thing. But if they would pray for anything, they should pray for God's will alone. For then, they get everything. If they pray for anything else, they will get nothing. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know? Pray for God's will alone, because if you get God's will, you've got everything. If you pray for anything else, you'll end up with nothing. <laughs> and because, again, what we want is God. And, and so this process of detachment, he, uh, his vocabulary is a bit different. It's, it's detaching from... Our, our, in a sense, our false self, all, all, the, all, that, all that dressing stuff around us that we present to the world so that the true person God's made us in Christ can again, can birth forth. And uh, so I've got my little list here. Well, what, what do those things look like? Because I said this pandemic, uh, again, not minimizing the death, the tragedy, the, the, the pain that's happening all around the world right now. Uh, I'm just speaking for us, for you, for me as... Jesus followers, uh, there are hidden treasures in darkness here, Isaiah you know, 45. So if you're a person that compares himself a lot to other people, it's one of, one of the ways I, how do I know if I got, I'm, I got a lot of false self that God wants to rip out of me? Well, I compare myself to a lot of people or often say yes when I want to say no, or I don't speak up because I don't want people to disapprove of me, or I get easily offended, uh, or, or I get defensive easily. Or I have a hard time laughing at my shortcomings, or I don't like looking foolish in social situations, or I'm not always the person I appear to be, or I don't want to take risks because I could fail, or my sense of well-being and worth is tied to what my possessions, or what I do, or what others think of me, uh, or I often act like a different person in different situations with different people, and those are some some, some little little indications of a a false self that we sometimes walk around in and. And, and so God's got us, he loves you too much. He loves me too much to let you live in that because it's so, it's so filled with falseness and your, you know, your own self-will, my self-will. God in love is coming. He wants to come because he, he wants to free you and free me. Uh, and so I've got to you know, let go of that. And, and so I, I, you know, it's like this whole, in my whole view of God gets shifted. And, um, and so he, he, he writes about something so interesting is that our, our will, our self-will, that God's you know, given us as a gift, it, 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 it's not, not, not that it merges with God's will, like my will, God, you know, is your will. It's even like your, your self-will, the, the, the negative part of it that wants to rebel and go its own way. He says, that's got to be annihilated. So, that's only, so that your will actually is God's will. Uh, it, it's not, Lord, my will, I surrender to your will. It's, it's no, Lord, our wills are one. I, we have one. I have one will. My will is your will. And uh, as he writes, only undetached people are full of self-will. And that's the main problem in the spiritual life. And back to John 17, 21, which is the key for him, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. What does God want to do? He wants to birth something through your life. He wants to birth Jesus in you and through you. Uh, and the extent to which we are empty is the extent to which God can fill us. In fact, he writes about how if you're empty, God must fill it. It's just who we, his nature is overflowing love out of the Trinity just has to flow to those empty spaces in us as human beings. So out of that virgin place, he birthed something as he did like in Mary. Just think with me for a moment of the, of the rich young ruler. <clears throat> you know, here's Jesus, this rich young ruler approaches Jesus and, and Jesus says, it looks at, Jesus looks at him and loves him, it says in scripture. And Jesus has an incredible future for this young man. Jesus, he's, his life, maybe he's in his early 
20s, right, or mid-20s. And Jesus sees him in his 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s. And sees this, he sees his potential, his gifts, but more importantly, just he sees his person and what, what the future God has for him, the birth things in and through him. But, but the, the, it's like, like God looks at you and he sees your, the long trajectory of your life and whatever age you may be in as you listen to this. And so, so he invites this rich young ruler to sell everything, detach. Uh, and, uh, and, the, and, and he said, you know, detach. And then he says, follow me. And I, I suspect that when he heard the words sell everything, he didn't hear, he didn't hear the words follow me. Uh, because as you know, worry and money, uh, economics, it, it just, it's, it's the most powerful force in the world has been, you know, since the beginning, you know, and it almost possesses us in a, in a demonic way. And uh, the thought of detaching from that, uh, the rich young ruler just walks away sad. And, and then Jesus says that great statement about, you know, it's easier for an, a camel to go through an eye of a needle than to detach, you know. Uh, and uh, in other words, that's, to do this is impossible, human, humanly speaking. And that, this is an important point here for all of us is that, do you understand, I can't detach and you can't either. In other words, it's the work of God. In other words, I, I can't detach from things, right? I, I sit there and each day I'm, 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 I take time in silence and stillness and I'm still before God and I open my palms up towards heaven and I, and I spend a good 20 plus 30 minutes in silence, minimally 20 each day and just being still before the Lord and uh, communing with him and, and, and sense, uh, surrendering, my, surrendering my will to his will uh, and detaching from everything that's not of God, letting go. Uh, for that. And so Jesus says to, to, to his disciples, and this is a verse so worth memorizing in the original Greek, uh, where Jesus, they, Jesus, the disciples say to Jesus, well, then who can be saved? And Jesus says, with human beings, this is utterly impossible, but not with God. With God, absolutely everything is possible. I mean, I just love it's, it's the It's the absolutely everything is possible. With human beings, this is utterly impossible to detach or let go of yourself. Who can be saved? In other words, it is the work of God. So that's the good news is you can't do the work of detachment yourself. It is the work of God. What you cannot, you can do and I can do is position ourselves uh, so that God can do it. Then Jesus says, you know, come follow me. In other words, to get on the road to follow Jesus requires a transforming miracle but to stay on the road long term and follow jesus takes a miracle each day what that rich young ruler needed to do was rather than leaving sad uh would have been fall on his knees and ask jesus for power to detach from those demonic hold that possessions have on him in other words he needed god so do we and so in eckhart's writings he in you know, throughout his writings, in his life, he he said, for the for the soul to get empty, for us to get free, so it's nothing but God alone. He talked a lot about the need for stillness and silence, so that the word could actually be heard. Uh, in fact, there was only the only preparation or positioning for him uh, was this place of, of stillness before God. Uh, and again, the assumption is we're, we're in Scripture, you know, we're following Jesus, etc. But we don't we don't make it happen. It's God, and uh, it is God's nature to pour great goodness into us, as we, like Jesus in Philippians two, empty ourselves. I mean, this is this is serious stuff, and uh, I've I, I've waited to do this 
for for quite a while to do this podcast on detachment because I said well, I'm I I don't fully fully I'm not here either and and because really when do we fully detach and attach to Jesus when we see him face to face this is a life work but this pandemic uh, is an adversity and adversity introduces us to ourselves and we realize oh. I have more attachments than I realize. That's been one of my realizations. It has introduced me to myself. And so let me ask you, what are you over-attached to? Uh, um, your visions, your goals, your dreams. Uh, you know, there's a nice phrase I mentioned earlier, detached activism. And what I mean by that is this. We want to lead. The, the world needs leaders. The church needs leaders. Uh, but I, I release attachment to outcomes. In other words, I trust them to Jesus. Because, uh, but my life is nothing but God. H- however, I do work. I, I do serve Him, and and uh, I'm a leader. This is not easy. <clears throat> this is incredibly difficult. Uh, but I like the phrase a detached activism. And and for me, it really was in in <clears throat> 2003, 2004, where I think I really began to get a, a, a grasp on this challenge of detachment and goals. I mean, goals are good, a direction, a sense from God, this is where we want to go. However, I, I want God first. And, uh, but as Eckhart wrote, if you truly have God and only God, nothing will disturb you. In other words, to have nothing but God is to be detached. It's to be one with God. And so I need this practice of intentional silence on a daily basis versus free silence. And I'll make a distinction. And free silence is I'm walking in a forest or a park and it's silent, right? My mind's just kind of wandering or whatever and I'm making notes and I'm just free associating. I'm talking about intentional silence of being before the Lord in his presence, uh, being still and know that I am God and establishing a practice in your life. And let me invite you to do this uh, daily. And uh, when I began to do that in 2003, it did change everything. I At least it took me to another level of detachment. Uh, getting older is helping some. But it is a challenge, and the pandemic has definitely caused a challenge for us. So I want to invite you to a silence and stillness before God each day, a communion with him. That of, think of Philippians 2, 5 to 11, emptying yourself, letting go, surrendering your will, your plans, your visions, constantly to him. And then to be filled, inviting him to fill you. And But your intent and your direction is to God and God alone. Uh, there's a, a lovely little quote here uh, that I'll close with, and it comes from Richard Wagamese. And uh, he describes the power of silence this way. Here's what he writes. I am constantly surrounded by noise, TV, text, the internet, music, meaningless small talk, my thinking. All of it blocks my consciousness, my ability to hear the me that exists beneath the cacophony. So I cultivate silence every morning. I sit in it, bask in it, wrap it around myself and hear it and I hear and feel me. Then wherever the day takes me, the people I meet are the beneficiaries of my having taken the time. They get the real me, not someone shaped and altered by the noise around me. Again, it's that great phrase, to be empty of all created things is to be full of God. And to be full of created things is to be empty of God. So let me invite you and receive this as an invitation from God. Uh, to surrender yourself and perhaps begin to build into your life uh, the practices of silence and stillness before God as a core part of your life so that you can, like the rich young ruler, like the man who wanted to bury his father, you're just, you're, you are truly uh, losing your life so that you might find it, surrendering that you might actually find life.
in Jesus. And again, let me encourage you to go to emotionallyhealthy.org slash lead and look at some of the opportunities and resources around the daily office and the EH Discipleship course to help you build, build a life of rhythms with a core practice of silence and stillness before the Lord uh, so that we can lead through pandemics, through wars, through famines, through earthquakes, through, through, through last days, whatever, whenever they might begin in full earnest, the last days are the last days. But we're in an anchored place uh, offering God to the people that we lead. Thank you, everybody. It's been such a joy to be with you. I look forward to part two next week. Uh, but uh, thanks for listening. Feel free to send in questions you've got uh, around this vast theme of detachment uh, so that we can attach to him. Uh, send them to info at emotionallyhealthy.org, info at emotionallyhealthy.org. And uh, I'll try to integrate one or two of them for the next uh, part on detachment. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.